previously on Roll for Initiative. The matriarch has been slain. After quickly solving the moral puzzle about the horse knuckles and crowsmans, our party of adventurers wandered into the lair of the dungeon's namesake, the Manticore Matriarch. After several moments of an intense and heated battle, where victory was not assured as death crept ever closer to our heroes, Zara's well-placed arrow finally brought down the beast to its bitter end. Now, with the final guardian of the Manticore's head dead at their feet, the party must find a way to retrieve this sacred artifact in this week's episode of Roll for Initiative. Can you just watch Bridge to Terabithia? Why? Why? Who was doing that? Why were they doing it? It was me. I was there drinking. There is no reason for you to be <laughs> into the microphone. But the reason is I want to giggle. Oh, boy. You wanted me to freak out? No, I wanted to giggle. I wanted to giggle. That's fair. Beautiful. Um... Just going to let everyone know ahead of time, I have developed a little bit of a cold in the last couple of days. So my my voice is going to sound a little bit funkier today, especially when I'm trying to do voices for people. So that's why it sounds funny. Yeah. It's all right. We'll berate you all the same. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Please do. Um, Because I'm definitely not self-conscious about that. (laughs) Now we need to go back and (laughs) yeah, go talk to to Wadwick. So you guys have just now finished up defeating the Manticore Matriarch. She's freaking massive and uh, dead on the floor next to y'all. Balasar has shrunk back down into normal Balasar form, and you're hanging out in her her lair. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. I fall on my ass. Hmm. I just take a squat. Oh, when I jump and do a front flip before, before he leans down. Oh, bro. Ugh. Was I still on his shoulders? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do a front flip as he sits down and land on the ground. Uh, make an acrobatics <sighs> check. <sighs> Exhausted. No, I rolled a two. Uh, 13. You you're, you're fine, Mr. Acrobat. Get two luck points. <laughs> Break a horn. Break a horn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so uh, Arian plops down. Zimner does a flip off of him. Balasar, who has shrunk back down and is on his back, kind of sits up and just looks around. Zara, where are you at? Zara's like standing and is just kind of like, whoa, we just did that, and is kind of rubbing her shoulder blade because it's a little sore. Is everybody okay? I'm. Oh god, I need a nap. That hurts so much. Zimner, mm. are you good, bro? That looked rough I'm for fine. you too. I... I mean, I'm fine. My joints hurt really bad right now. I mean, you are. Never mind. I'm what? Nothing. 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 Interrupting your conversation, you guys hear like a loud creaking noise that comes from the other end of the the chamber from where you're at. Uh, it's it's from another tunnel, same side of the wall as the, the cavern, but it's like an actual tunnel with a door. Um, and you're, you watch as a bronze door that's down there 
um, kind of it, it, it cracks open and you can see like this door looks like it was very hastily put in place. Like this was not originally there. Somebody else found some scrap metal, put it together. There's the door. Um, and you, you watch as this door like squeaks on its hinges and opens up and out pops uh, a human man who looks in at all of you, sees a couple of dead manticores on the floor, just kind of nods, waves at you all, and then turns right back around and closes the door behind himself. Wait the fuck! Wait, was it like an, inv- it's like an inviting thing? Or just a, hey? No, it was like a, oh, I see you have done things here. I'm, I'm out. See ya. Bye. I'm running after him. I don't move. <laughs> Zara, on me. I'm beat. <laughs> Balasar watches as the two of you sprint by him, and he goes, what's going on? There's a guy in there. You coming? No. Actually, stay I'm, stay with Aryan. I'm going to let the guy be a guy. I'm just going to go to the door and look look through. Uh, so Zara at my back. Like, did she follow me? Zara, did you follow? Yeah. Okay. I'm like in full full night mode here. You know what I'm talking about. So, Zimner, you approach the door, and... You try the handle, and it the the door jiggles some, and is you can tell that it's locked. I'll pick it. Okay. Uh, roll roll for it. Thieves' tools check. Good sir. Twenty one. Yeah. So uh, you're going up and down this door, kind of taking a look at it, and you realize that the reason it's locked is because somebody has deadbolted it from the other side, and you just kind of get your thieves' tools in there. You it's it's easy enough because this door is like a really crappy door and you just slide that deadbolt back in real easy like and the door is unlocked take my my swords out um like put my thieves tools away quick whip my swords out is already you got my back always behind you behind you you hear um metal clinking as balasar plops down on the ground next to Aryan. In the main chamber. Okay. Phil, watch over them, please. Phil puffs once, skitters off of you, and skitters away to them. At this Show point... Showtime. Oh, sorry. I was like, at this point, Arian no, you're fine. is like, you know, after a hard practice of some type of sport, and, you know, you're just, like, laying in the locker room on the floor, like... Your legs are propped up, but your back is like flat on the ground, and you're just like breathing hard. It's like that. He's fucking <laughs> out of it. All right, I'll open the door with Showtime and just like put it in like a floodlight. You're you're just pulling the door straight open. Mm-hmm. I'm shining okay. Showtime in it because he's he's up. Right. Um. So Zimner. You open this door, and it squeaks as well when you open it. And you realize after opening the door that Showtime being lit up isn't really doing anything. Like, the, the room itself is already already very brightly lit from a massive fire pit that is centered in the middle of this room. Um, and you can see over the fire pit a couple of giant rats on spits that are just kind of sitting there. Um, across the chamber from you, you can see... 
uh, a table with uh, one man sitting at the table looking at the other man in the room who is walking his way back over toward the table. Um, the man who is seated at the table is actually uh, holding some cards in hand. Um, off in the corner next to where these men are at, um, you can also see some crates that look like they may have supplies in them. Um, in the corner to your left, as you have entered the room, you can see uh, two what appear to be training dummies that have been very badly scarred and singed um, next to this makeshift bronze door that you are currently opening. And then uh, in the corner to your right, you can see a, a quite, quite large uh, water elemental that is standing nearly motionless in the corner. Uh, and when you look closer at the water elemental, um, you can see inside of it are some cultist robes and a bar of soap. Excuse me? You say this, and the, the man who's sitting at the table looks at the, the other man and goes, Hey, Jerry, who's that? And Jerry turns around, and he looks at you, and he goes, I don't know, Gerard. They were in the other room. Okay, hey, who are you? Who to? are you? Who are you? We already told you. I'm Jerry. He's Gerard. What are you doing here? Oh, uh, we were here because we were told to guard the, the matriarch. And Jerry, at this point, has made it back to his seat and sits down at the table and picks up a hand of cards. Okay. The matriarch is guarding what again? Oh, we don't know. Um, Varro told us that we were, we were supposed to make sure that the matriarch doesn't do anything it's not supposed to. It's a, it's a little bit dangerous, uh, but I'm guessing based off the fact that you killed it, you're probably more dangerous. So uh, I think our jobs here are, are done. Uh, we're just going to finish our game of cards, eat these rats, and then uh, we're probably going to go back topside. Okay. Um, so you're part of the cult? Yeah. I look at Zara, send like a, a silent message to her with the message cantrip. I think that's I think that's how that works, right? Is it telepathic? You don't uh, have to verbally speak it. Go see if there are verbal components for it. There are verbal components, darn it. Yep. Yeah, okay. so that that would be very, very audible. So I'm gonna whisper to Zara, should we? Zara's gonna look at him, look at the guys, look back at him, and then kind of shrug. I mean, it's, it's kind of up to you. They're gonna be arrested when they come back, anyways. Hey, uh, what are you guys? What are you guys talking about over there? Want some uh, rat? I'm talking about. Um, We've got some rat. I'd love, I'd love some rat. Uh, just one quick question. Do you know where the Manticore's head is? Like, no idea what that is. Why did did Varro tell you any details about why you're guarding the matriarch? Because it's dangerous. We're mostly just supposed to watch it, make sure it doesn't leave its cave. But you killed it. Yeah, we killed it. Um, so it's not leaving its cave. Varro. So, oh, you oh you killed Varro. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah. There ain't yeah, no way. He exploded. He, his he corpse actually no, it's not. It's floating. His away, corpse is shattered into into pure magic. Actually, but um, you'll probably never find him. Yeah, no, it's gone. He's sold his soul to a chaos goddess. Yeah, very entertaining. Mm -hmm. 
It was it was quite a fight. Um, I was a T Rex for a bit. So oh. if you don't mind, I, can, I turned into a gorilla too. It's pretty great. Big she ape. Did. But that was that was after that. That was after that. Uh, so are you two gentlemen? Uh, the cult is like illegal, kind of bad, right? Um, illegal under what law? Okay, I I see a point. It's it's morally bad. You know, you're trying to destroy the world and shit. You know. Cult of Chaos. Oh no, we just like summoning elementals. That's why we did that. Oh, cool. okay, okay. Well, um, what what would you say if you uh, were to go topside and said that the keepers sent you to uh, reinforce the or to be to join the uh, Riverton militia? How's that? You can summon all the elementals you want with them. Okay, yeah, as long as we're fine with that, we're good with that. Okay, why don't you go up, see a big elephant-looking fellow um, named Soren, and you mean, you mean a, a loxodon? Because those are yes, things. a loxodon. They're they're an actual race of people. I know they're a race of people. Why did you call them an elephant? That was very mean. Because they look like an elephant. But I look a... like a devil. She looks like a cat. Like it's the same fucking thing. Lord, I think he's racist. Fucking racist! No, no, Zimna's just—he's not very good with his words. Sometimes, what he meant is there's this dude up there, and he will just help you out and tell you where to go if you want to help us or join and the militia. The a very large defining trait of him is he looks like an elephant. He is a loxodon. Go up and find Soren, join the militia, and don't like do any evil things with the elementals, and we won't kill you. Okay. I mean, we've got one of them washing our clothes and the other one cooking our food right now. Oh, is there a fire elemental in the pit? You look a little closer, and in fact, you can tell there is definitely a fire elemental that is, like, seated in the middle of the fire pit just looking at you all like it's bored. That's fucking adorable. Do they have names? No. Well, you should give them names. Okay. Soapy and Smoky. Let's go. And they, the cultists get up and walk through a little passage. Um, Love it. In, All right. In the, in the corner of the room. And uh, their elementals follow them as far as they can. Um, but then uh, the elementals just kind of stop next to the doorway. And then eventually mm -hmm. dissipate. Wonderful. Okay. I've put my swords away at this point. All right. We're good. Let's get the fuck out of here. You were about to ruin that. I wasn't. I'm fine. Hmm. Zara, how do you know how to talk to people? You have been around two people your entire life. One Not of them, actually. One of them was a Kenku who couldn't, like, reciprocate a lot of, like, speech without mimicking. Effectively talk to one person your entire life. Look, Simna, just like I don't know all of your past, you don't know all of mine either. Hey, what was in there? Uh, cultists, we sent them up. They're fine. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I've literally door? been in your mind. Yeah, sorry. Did you take a nap? What are you two going on like... about? <sighs> Zimna's I'm... being Zimna. I'm fine. I have literally been inside of Zara's mind. Okay, cool. And I like hot dogs. What? Cool. What? The fucking key. Come on. All right. Let's go. DM, what Slow. is this door like? 
Yeah, so you all walk to the the north end of this chamber that you are in, and uh, Balasar has kind of gotten up at some point uh, while Aryan was laying there and is is inspecting this this door some, um, or rather the shape of a door. Uh, the three of you who have been in one of these strongholds before, you recognize this same sort of runic uh, engraving in the wall. Uh, where a, a faint glow comes in the shape of a door rather than an actual door itself. And on this door, as you all have seen before, this is, of course, Balasar's first time seeing one, you see four lines of text that are all accompanied by a, a set of magical-looking arcane locks next to each of them. And uh, as, as you all have seen before, it's written in that god text. So... Aryan, you are seeing it written in giant. Uh, Balasar is seeing it in draconic. Zimner sees it in infernal, and Zara sees it in orcish. So now we're going to start doing the uh, the riddles part of things. I am going to read you guys the first riddle, and then I just because you know better for podcast stuff. Uh, do as much reasoning out loud and thinking together as possible. Um, just so that we don't have like odd moments of silence and then suddenly the answer pops up. So here we go. The riddle that is at the most at the top, it says, it, or it reads, I am a sacrifice for the less fortunate, a crutch for the lazy, and I come from wealth. What am I? Say that again. Sacrifice for the what? A sacrifice for the less fortunate. A crutch for the lazy, and I come from wealth. What am I? Is it privilege? Nothing happens to the door. Money. You also do not see anything change. Hmm. Is it taxes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a sacrifice for the less fortunate and a crutch for the lazy. Yep, that's what taxes are. Well, I just imagine the lazy being the wealthy. Uh, nothing nothing okay. changes again. <laughs> welfare? So, is, yeah, I was like, is it welfare, social security? Do we even have that in London? <laughs> Talk to <laughs> Yeah. No. Crutch <laughs> um, time? What do you think, Zara? Well, I thought it was money, but the door didn't work, mm. so... Uh, Comes from wealthy. Mm. Dependency? Nothing happens. Hmm. Food? Did you say food? Yeah, I said food. Uh, Still nothing happens. A crutch? A sacrifice? Crutch. From wealth. Greed? Nothing happens. Mm. Sacrifice of the who? Sacrifice of from the less fortunate. For the less fortunate. Okay, I just got the... Sacrifice... So it's a sacrifice for the less fortunate. A crutch for the lazy, and it comes from wealth. From wealth. Interesting. Is it like pride and arrogance? Pride. 
I think the way I'm going to operate this, uh, because it will be more interesting than me saying nope, 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 is uh, you guys just keep guessing, and when one of you gets it, I will I will let you know. Okay. You'll say stuff. Okay, gotcha. Um, All right. Sacrifice for the less fortunate. Is that is that being sacrificed by the less fortunate, or people are sacrificing it for the less fortunate? Charity. You say charity, mm. and the little arcane lock breaks, and the text fades. Okay, good. We're not as dumb as I was afraid we were. The second riddle. How long the first one? Or the first door took us? <laughs> <laughs> the, the first one did take you guys a while. Um, the second riddle reads, I am the portion given to those in need, the bounty given to please the gods, and the choice to support the greater good. What am I? Sacrifice. The lock breaks. Yeah, baby. The fuck? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already I, I interrupted the DM. <laughs> no, you're great. <laughs> I love the excitement. I love the excitement. Good job, Arian. I, <laughs> I have a way with words. I don't know. <laughs> the, third, the third riddle. The third riddle reads, I was everything before there was anything. I spanned the void unchallenged and untamed. I am all that remains when all is gone. What am I? Earth. Dirt. Water. Fear. <laughs> the Avatar. The classic the words of Mozart. Mozart. Um, <laughs> the hit game among us. Yeah. Bones. <laughs> Dust. Space. Light. No. Time. Love. Pain. Is it nothing? Fuckness. The lock shatters and the text fades. The answer was nothing. Oh boy, I'm built different. I'm serious? What the fuck? All right, all right. I'm two for three, baby. All right. Final, final riddle. This final line of text that lines the bottom of this uh, engraved door. I am the mountain in the valley, the tree in the meadow, and the cloud in the clear skies. What am I? Individuality? Different. Um, a boner? Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? Arian, what are you even saying right now? The mountain in the valley, you know? You guys weren't taught Savior? that metaphor I'm as a kid? I thought I was supposed to be the horny one. Or am I? I am bigger than all things. I am the mountain in the valley. Life. The exception? Contrast. Outstanding? One. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. Is it uh, changing the status quo? Um... Individual. It's change. The nature. Exception. Evolution. 
Senator, how'd you get evolution from a cloud in the sky? As the, like, the weather is evolving and it's changing and the tree in the meadow means that like the tree, you know, it was changing from the meadow to the tree, you know what I'm saying? Alistar is just giving you a very dumbfounded look. And you think my... Alistar, how about you come up with some answers? Uh, Anomaly. Anomaly. (laughs) What? I don't think that's... Must be a a Monster Hunter thing. (laughs) Um, No, I remember remember seeing that, hearing that from a distant tent uh, in in the circus told never to go in there opposite mountain in yes no i think if the answer to the riddle was opposite it would be more obvious because it's not like they're opposite the is that not obvious the uh comparison the one percent no. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the bourgeoisie the birds work for the bourgeoisie yes um the diamond in the rough. Opposite. We already Don't guessed know. that. We yeah. said that. We already said yes. that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Been thinking in my head. Contrast. Um, Don't think in your head. Think out loud. This is a podcast, Zara. <laughs> it's audio only. What's a podcast? <laughs> it's a circus thing. Don't worry about it. Gotcha. I thought we were here Short because for of adventure. Uh, oh, I thought we were here because you know. Big angel lady told us to. It is. Podcast is circus speak for adventure. Okay. I am the mountain yep, in the that's valley, why. the tree in the meadow. Mountain in the valley, the tree in the meadow. The cloud, cloud in the, the clear skies. Sky. What if it's different? Like the mountain hard, hardship? What'd you say? What if it's what if it's like metaphorical? Like well, it's a hardship. Be- or obstacle. Trough. <laughs> no, I don't think an elephant noise is gonna do it. Sorry, this reminded me of Soren. Um. Try difference. The variable. <clears throat> See what were the oh. answers to the other riddles? We have uh, charity, sacrifice, um, nothing in this one. Lone. Loneliness. Say lonely. Oh, Oh, let's go. There we go, baby. Shatters. And the text fades. And then the door fades as well. And as it does, you watch as this whole slate of stone begins to slide down. And as the three of you have seen before, but our audience and Balasar have not, this door, as you're watching it slide down and into the floor, you can tell is several feet feet thick. And you can't really see like it's like there's a place where you could pull this door out of the ground. It looks like the stone is earth gliding itself or stone gliding itself into more stone momentarily. And beyond, you see a very short 20 foot long by 10 foot wide hallway that as the the four of you walk through and into the door behind you slides up and ultimately seals you in this tiny 
little room. And within this 30 foot by 30 foot room, it's very brightly lit despite no torches being anywhere and the stone just looking like the rest of the stone of this dungeon. Aside from you all, it's very empty, quiet, clean, like not very many souls have made it to this location before. Along the wall to your right, you can see a lever and there are no visible exits. I yanked that shit because I was pretty sure I was the one who did it the first time too. Arian did it with her whip. That's right. Arian races over to the lever, pulls it down, and you hear a loud kathunk. Tremors begin to shake the ground around you. Not very large, but you can sense some movement behind the wall. The lighting of this room dims ever so slightly as if there's been a large pull on the magic that has been keeping this room alit, but only only for a moment. And then after a series of clangs, chinks, and the grinding of stone, a tray extends to all of you. Only this time, rather than finding that piece of golden parchment, you just find emptiness. And then the tray retracts back into the wall and across the chamber from where you are at, another large section of wall slides down to reveal another passageway, just as this previous piece of stone had done. We're booking it. Yep. Um, ugh, let's get through this, baby. It's a tired run at the end of a 5K. Yeah. That yeah, I have yeah. never felt in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> it's the tired run after a lap around the track. Or like a walk to the cafeteria. You all walk through this doorway and into a massive room. The three of you that have been with the Keepers longer than Balasar have all seen this type of room before. An epic, massive room in scope that seems to just swallow you whole. You're footsteps echo and that the echoes seem to go on forever into the darkness and abyss that's below you you feel tiny all around you massive gargantuan bronze pillars hold up this ceiling and extend below into that nothingness into that darkness all the way down to where you can't see you're all walking across this 10 foot wide bridge that spans the entirety of this massive chamber and along this bridge rows of small lights are lighting your path magically and as you walk further and further into this room those lights as, as you pass them slowly begin to extinguish across the chamber from all of you you see a pedestal and on that pedestal it's hard to make out from your current location but there's a small trinket made of bronze seated atop it. As you walk ever closer, you also see these massive floating statues of manticores in various positions, some laying down, some roaring, some looking like they're about to battle and some looking like they're soaring through the air. And as you walk past each pair of pillars, the pillar drops silently into the darkness below 
There's there's nothing that that holds these statues up. They're just floating there, as if held up by magic. And as you pass by, that magic disappears, and those those statues fall. Ara, you're the fastest one. Go get it. Are you scared? Oh, I'm. I got the last one. You earned this. You killed that matriarch. Pretty badass. Don't mind if I do. And Zara runs down and gets it and then runs back. So because um, I am going to remember for the three of you this from before. I remember um, it. Yeah, you you definitely don't want to yank it off until everyone's on that final platform. Ah, oh, crap. Yeah, we're okay. all going to walk down there because it drops out from below us. The bridge does at least. Yeah. So she doesn't run back. She just sits there and waits for everybody else to come. Okay. Zara's sitting there bouncing up and down excitedly, waiting. <laughs> a kid at Christmas. The other three finally make it to this 20-foot by 20-foot square platform. And uh, as as they do, Zara reaches up and grabs this metal trinket. And it's it's shaped like the head of the matriarch that you just killed, but much, much smaller. You, you could hold it in your hand, maybe the size of a grapefruit. And she plucks it off this pedestal, and you hear a series of grinding and clanking noises. All of the lights on that path finally completely go dim, and that path that you all took drops into the darkness below. And as the clanking and grinding ends, you turn to find another shorter platform pathway has raised up and lit itself up, leading toward a barren wall in the same direction you've been walking this whole time. And as, as the four of you, because three of you remember doing this before, take the manticore's head and you walk onto this little platform onto this walkway, the platform that the four of you had just been standing on also drops into the darkness. And we see a flash of golden light come from inside Arian's bag. And then a section of that wall slides itself down and into the wall, revealing a small, dark tunnel. I'm going to give you guys a moment for 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 chitter chatter before we we continue on with some more stuff. Orion, what's the ticket say? I was going to pull that out and look yeah. at it. Orion, you pull it out and uh, on this list, you see what you have seen before: Darkseid Shacklebreaker, the Saber's Fang, Edgrim Deathwielder, the Dragon's Spine, Leon Elton of Strathford, the Worm's Tooth. And now, a new name. Zara Ray of the Jungle, the Manticore's Head. Yeah, it's got Zara's name on it now. Zara, check it out. Should we all just blip home brace her home now or have to check back in with Ibiton? do we should we get should we go see soren 
I mean, what are we going to tell him? Well, that we're not dead. That we're alive. Well, they don't know we are down here. Told them we were going, didn't no, we? We did, no. we did kind of bar ourselves into that room. Yeah, we did not tell them we were coming down here. No, true, we just disappeared. For all yeah. they knew, we teleported home anyways. Yeah. Do we lock the doors? Less they know, the better. That's true. Mm-hmm. If they know about this place and try to come down here, who knows, one, how many people will get killed and trying to find their way down here or lost. We can't have anybody else getting a manticore's head. Go. Everybody? Okay. Sure. Right. One. Two. Three. In unison, the four of you triple tap your homing bracers and then pause and look at each other confused. For some reason, the magic didn't work this time. Is it because Arian flipped the lever earlier and so there's just no more magic down here? We might have to like walk out of the room first. Something. You know what is in the tunnel? Do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk farther out first, and then we'll do it. You walk into this dark tunnel, and uh, after after you've walked a few feet in, the platform that you had been standing on also drops into the darkness, and then the wall slides up behind you to reveal a cavernous wall of of the tunnel that you're in, just made out of normal-looking, not-so-beautiful stone. Let's try this one more time. One, two, three. And in unison, once again, you tap your bracers three times. And still, it seems that it's not working. Is this shit broken? What the fuck? Okay. Fuck! Fine, let's walk. Let's keep going, I guess. Fucking Zara! God damn it, Cockabell. He gave us broken shit. Get the... Message him. Nah, I mean, let's get out. It's probably That probably doesn't work down here either. Okay. <laughs> Alright. I got no reception in this Wait, goddamn hold on, cave. Hold on, hold on. Our four adventurers begin to walk into this dark tunnel, and as they do so, Zimner waves his hand and a, a group of small orbs of light begin to float in front of the party and down this tunnel. Arian casts some light on his chest as he's done before to be a beacon into this tunnel so that they can all see where they're going without needing to use any other type of magical item or non-magical fire. And the group walks for a short distance before we notice a, a very small pinprick of light in the distance. And they continue to walk they approach this this pinprick of light and after a while longer we can hear a sound echoing through this cavern as they approach this pinprick the sound of waves crashing on a shore and then moments later new sounds join the echoing waves the sound of birds chirping to each other from the trees and then we hear wind rustling through those trees and then this pinprick is no longer much of a pinprick but rather a large opening 
for the group to walk into, but the, the light is so terribly bright, they can't see what's on the outside. They hesitate for a moment, but take a step through and into the light. We see a dark room. Its size and scope are massive, with ceilings arching hundreds of feet above the floor. The walls are bare, but are carved from some of the most beautiful marbled granite to ever exist. Massive quartz pillars stretch into the depths of the darkness above the floor. Situated in the middle of the room, producing a dim light, rests a closed golden casket. As we watch in the silence of the darkness, a few small trails of blue wisps escape the golden box, swirling in the air around the room. When they stop and finally dissipate calmly, a beautiful, young, translucent woman with hair blowing in an ever-present breeze stands before the casket, facing the large chamber. She yawns and stretches. As she does so, a bolt of energy launches from her open palm, crackling through the air and into a nearby pillar, chipping away a piece of the quartz that clatters to the floor. Oops. She floats over to the chipped stone, picks it up, and approaches the nearest wall. Once there, she looks at the stone, then looks at the wall, then back at the stone. After a moment of pondering, she reaches up and scratches the stone against the wall, marking a small white line. Satisfied with her work, she sets the stone on the floor and turns to the room again, placing her hands on her hips. Now, where to begin? Hi there, everyone. It's me again, your Dungeon Master, J.J. Odin, here with another ad break for you in this lovely episode 23. So we'll kick things off like we always do by listening to messages from our sponsors. You can also follow us on social media at roll4.initiative on Instagram. That's roll4.initiative on Instagram and at roll4tweets on Twitter. That's roll4tweets on Twitter. You can also tweet about us using the hashtag roll for tweets and if you do, you might get a character on the show like one you're about to meet when we come back from the ad break, which is so exciting that we're finally back to that point in, in the episodes. Um, I also would like to take a moment real quick here to apologize to all of you for the half of the episode that you're about to listen to. Um, when we recorded this episode, I was coming down with a really bad cold and it was having some effects on my ability to speak. And the result was most of the character voices in the latter half of episode 23 just weren't existent. It was just me trying to make noise out of a voice box that didn't want to make any noise. Um, you can still kind of hear a little bit of the effects in my voice right now. 
So uh, I apologize in advance to all of you for that because it's not going to sound great near the end of this episode, but you know, that life is life and I'm getting better. So hopefully I'll be able to do character voices better in the future or something. Um, we as a group would like to take a moment real quick here to thank you all so much for listening because it really does mean a lot to us. If you like what you're listening to, there's a couple of things you can do to help us out. First, uh, you can tell others about us. Each referral that you give is something that is able to help us grow the show, which helps us out a lot. And the other thing that you can do is rate us five stars and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It just helps us grow, which is so awesome for us because it makes us all happy to see the numbers go up on all of our episodes. Uh, that's all I've got for today. So the next episode will be up in two weeks on April 30th, and that's when I'll see y'all again. Enjoy the rest of the show. emerges through ferns and bushes, pressing their way through dense foliage, and when they turn around to see where they've come from, the entrance to this cavern has disappeared. After a a short distance of walking, they find themselves on a beach, not that far from where the Caldena stream meets the Gulf of Ashar. And then we see a giant beam of light race across the sky. A loud sound of a thunderclap accompanies it as it turns, making a 90-degree angle, and comes straight down toward the party. It smashes into the ground, and when the light finally dissipates, we see a young, spry, thin woman with chocolate-colored hair and glowing icy blue eyes, wearing leather armor looking back at the party. Um, are you the ones that call yourselves the Keepers? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Oh, okay, good, good. Um, hi, I'm Allie. Um, I, I I'm, I'm your new runner. Um, you all know Morkel, right? Yeah, 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 nice yeah. guy. Yeah, he decided to take a leave of absence. Um, he didn't really tell us much other than it was, and she sticks her hands up in the air and does the air quotes thing, personal matters. But then the commander decided to assign me to all of you until further notice. So, hi, I'm Allie. And nice to meet you, I'm Zara. It's not suspicious at all. Yeah, uh, that was a little suspicious. He's been kind of in a bad mood recently. Morkel wasn't the one that we scared off, was it? No, that was Jaeger. Okay, that cool. That was Jaeger. Cool. Morkel's a stone cold bitch. Like, he's got something going on. We should definitely keep an eye on him. Um, sorry, thinking out loud. Zimna Steelwin, nice to meet you. Hi. She reaches then a hand out Alex- and shakes your hand. Um. Yes, I was gonna like extend it, do the like royalty thing, like <laughs> the bow whole like to her bow hand a little bit, and then yeah. 
her hand a little, kiss her hand, and then then you give it back as a sign of respect. Um, while I appreciate it, I don't know that that was called for. Um, anyway, most of my I, personality is never called for. It's fine. Ah, uh, I was told you were going to be here about now, so I was supposed to come get you. Where Where are you taking us? Uh, to headquarters. Okay. Sounds about right. Well, I mean, go for it. Okay, cool. Alasar, have you been to this place before? Uh, what place? Yeah, you might want to clench your butt cheeks a little bit. The ride can be a little bumpy. Let's go! <laughs> just, like, immediately just launched into the sky. So he's like, uh, I don't know. Boom! And then I, I just <laughs> imagine, like, we're just off. Yes. That is exactly what happens. Bifrost goes, boom! Yes. Allie looks up, and the massive beam of light appears and sends all of you careening upwards as the three of you that have been with the Keepers the longest recognize the way that this is. Balasar, as you kind of look over in his general direction, you can tell this isn't his, this is not his cup of tea. He's not a huge fan of this. And after flying for a few seconds in this giant beam of light, you eventually land and find yourselves standing on that opening landing platform that you all are very accustomed to, very used to at this point in time. You see the massive ever-turning tower of the Order of the Keepers. And in the distance, you can see the mountain and the paradise and the temple upon which the gods rest themselves. You land, Balasar bends over and retches into the clouds off to the side, stands back up, wipes his scaly mouth, and goes, Wow, that was something. Yep, I told you to cleanse your butt cheeks. Allie turns to the four of you and goes, Well, um, I think there's someone who wants to see you. So, you all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of some housekeeping stuff because it's important to me that I do the housekeeping stuff before I forget to do the housekeeping stuff. Um, everyone gained 5,000 experience. Uh, that was for completing the dungeon, the different secrets and cubbies that you found along the way, including the secret door that you chose not to open. Um, and also, you gained uh, a chunk of experience for resolving the encounter with the the cultists and their elementals without having to draw weapons. So you gained the experience from that encounter as well. Also, as, as you might remember from the last time you guys were on Mount Celestia, you can feel that warmth of the sun. Um, gain the benefits of a long rest. Oh, baby. Baby, baby, baby. That's, that's hot. I love that. Oh my god, there's so many numbers I'm erasing. <laughs> Wait, do my magic items gain the benefits of that long rest? Uh, the once per day ones. Um, let's see. I gotta check my calendar. The next here. dawn stuff. Right. Yes, they do. Magic gotcha. items like regain charges at dawn. Like if they. Have yeah. That. So the, yeah, the ones that have the charges, right. they regain those. You all kind of take the hint from. 
alley and uh, begin to approach the the base of the tower. And as as it usually is when you guys have been here, the one time that you've been here before, the, the place is very bustling, very busy. Lots of people, different races, hurrying back and forth between the different platforms that you guys are on on this massive base that's floating above the clouds on the plain of Mount Celestia. Uh, you walk up to these doors and they slide open as they have before. Inside revealing more very bustling people all in lines to speak to different clerk angels that are seated behind desks. And as per usual, Cockabell is seated at his desk with his feet up on the desk. And when he sees the four of you enter, he sits up very excitedly, bringing his feet off the desk, spilling his coffee that's on the desk and starts to bounce up and down in his chair, waving at you to come toward him because there's no one in his line. Oh, Cockabell, you big boy. What have you been up to? Hi, you know, I've, I've been up, I've been up to, uh, well, a little bit, actually. Um, so, here's the thing. One thing, so, I've been watching you all. I've, I absolutely love everything you guys are doing. It is so much fun. It gives me something to do while I'm here. So, like, you know, it was, it was super fun to, like, watch you as you were <laughs> being silly and didn't seem to understand that you can't teleport when you're in a teleportation spell already. And that's, you know, why your bracers weren't working, you silly people. And then like, oh, um, also, I like that you call yourselves the keepers. And he leans in and like puts a hand up to his mouth, but upper management kind of doesn't. Um, so maybe keep that to like a minimum while you're down with the rest of the mortals. We'll workshop it. Do you have a, a better name in mind? Was no. Like the best we could come up with. Oh, no, no, I told you. I love it. I think that's the best name it could possibly be. I just know the commander's not a huge fan. Okay. I mean... So, you know, the whole point of using you guys was to kind of be inconspicuous about it so that other mortals didn't really know what was happening. I mean, I don't think we're, like, you telling them what we're doing. We'll talk to, we we'll talk to Cadriel. Okay. And you, I mean, like the the big thunder noise, by like tunnel of light. That's that's not conspicuous. That's inconspicuous. Oh, that just lets them question it. We don't tell them who we are. It doesn't, it's not like okay. that thing says the keepers on it or anything. You know. Oh yeah, that's because it's from the order of the keepers. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, we'll, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we'll workshop oh, it. You know what? You know what? Mm -hmm. So. You know, I was watching you guys, and I was like, you know, that person, that person, that person right there, they're pretty good at fighting. So um, I would like to introduce you all to our newest Slayer. And emerging from behind his desk, the four of you fix your eyes on a large Goliath woman with braided red hair and a scar running from her temple to her jawbone. Ilalu! <clears throat> Ilalu! Hi, everyone. Um, didn't know this existed. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Everything that y'all were doing makes a lot more sense now. Yep. Look at Zimner. Exactly, yeah, makes sense now, right? Yeah. What? Yeah, definitely does. See, Zimmer, you get Hold it. Hold on. 
So, uh, big place, huh? No, it's definitely tiny. I guess they... She glares at you, Zara. Zara's gonna wink at her. So... I don't know. I don't know what I would... I just said so. <laughs> Me, personally, just said so. I don't know why I said so. <laughs> hey, Cockabell, um... What's up? We just kind of got this thing. So... Oh, yeah, shh, shh, keep that down. Oh, I just got new shoes. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, no, I love your shoes, dude. They're Appreciate great. it. You're cool. Yeah, yeah, I have to pick them out. Hey, Cockabell, come real close for me so I can whisper something in your ear. Cockabell leans real close for you, like, very excited. He's got a big smile on his face. He's bouncing. You can see, like, his little cherub wings that are way too small for his body, like, flapping excitedly behind him. Um... This whole building's the keepers, right? Like the keepers of balance or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, the order of keepers. Yeah. And you don't want the other people knowing about what we're doing. Well, so sometimes we bring in like third-party people for consulting from like other aspects of like like like, like other organizations that the gods have set up with angels and stuff, and uh, we kind of want to keep the whole key thing to a minimum because we don't want word to spread about that part of things all right chill yeah yeah i detect thoughts on cockabell you can certainly try i mean i just like learn the the forefront like what he's thinking at the forefront of his mind as he's saying that um yeah no. so yeah, yeah 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 so i'm trying to think about like the way like picturing this i'm trying to decide if i need to have you roll probably not because he's very distracted with arian right now arian's um, so right in front of him i just see him lean forward and i want to be like my eyes glow a uh, blue my eyes glow blue and then i think about that and then i disguise it so it looks it looks like my eyes are yellow i, I want to see what he's thinking about yeah um surface level you can tell that he is very concerned because the commander told him to not let anyone outside the order know about this mission because of how important it is. So that's Thing that's else. what his that's what his surface level thoughts are. Also, he's got the surface level thought of being super giddy because he loves seeing you all and he's glad that like he's your personal clerk. Oh, okay. Also, okay, I'll drop it. Cockabell. Do we get our magic items now or Oh, oh yeah. Um so later actually, yeah that's gonna be um in a little bit we gotta the commander wants to talk to you i figured yeah and then she'll probably send you back down she already kind of you know <laughs> he giggles a little bit he's like she told me that i was gonna get to pick your items for you this time Ooh, i'm so excited and you've been watching oh. us cockabell so it should probably be good right He's like holding his breath. His face is turning red because he's trying to keep himself contained a little bit. He's like, I love that. Right now. I love that we have a super fan. <laughs> I'll just say, I'll just go to Cockabell. Like I'll step up behind Ari and say, Cockabell, it's so wonderful to see you. Have Have you lost weight? Nope. Because you look amazing. Like you look really good. Your wings are are getting a little <laughs> bit bigger. <clears throat> my mic wasn't picking that up because my my voice is so bad. But he he swoons a little bit, gets very excited. Yeah, and we're just we're just really glad to see you. It's one thing talking to you on the Stone of Far Speech, but you now we get to see you, and it's fun. We should hang out after after this. Do we have coffee up here? 
No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's, here's coffee thumb. for you. And he reaches oh, from Jesus. underneath his desk and pulls out, like, a big pot of coffee and is like, oh, he, he, like, has a big surprised look on his face. His eyes are wide. Where's your mug? I don't have one on me. I just have my water skin. And do we get complimentary mugs or something? I'll talk to management about that. You want, in the meantime, you just want this pot? Sure. Thank you. Yes, hey, you do you need your title back? Because that's been. Oh, this is really hot. Um, I'm resistant to fire, and that's still hot. Um, I'll just, I'll just set it down. I'll come back if I have a mug. Um, do you need your pearl back? I've been, I've been using it a lot, and that's really, really helpful. No, no, you can hang on to it. It's yours. You keep it. It's yours. Thank you so much, friend. Leon, give me back the the dagger that I made him. The watermelon one? Yeah. No, he did not give that back to you. Okay. All right, well, thank you. So Commander wants to talk to us? Yep, right right that way. And he points down that, that long hallway that you all have walked through before to go speak to the commander. You know, they've got the large guards sitting there. All right, thanks, Cockabell. Right. See you in a little bit. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Okay. So uh, you all walk down this this wide hallway, and uh, you you approach that that pad that you all had walked uh, up to before, and had before it had been um, Morkel that had allowed you to you know get up to the top. He'd inputted a little code for you, but uh, now the the Slayer who is standing guard and watching it, um, he recognizes you all as a, a group of people who have been here before, and he knows where you're going because you know. Commander let everybody know that you were coming back for a little bit. Um, so he just kind of inputs a little code on that keypad. And you guys just start raising up through this platform. Um, bright light the way that it had before. Kind of teleports you up to the very top of the tower. And uh, you you land at the, the land. You appear at the top. The, the doors of this kind of shoot tunnel thing open up. And uh, you walk into this long hallway that you've seen before uh, of the the commander's office. Very calm, warm, silent. Um, and as you're kind of wandering out and into this hallway, the large arch ceiling above, um, you look down the hallway toward her actual office where uh, she has her desk, that circular room. And she's not there. And you turn and look the other way toward the the map room that you all have met in before and you can see the door is open and she's standing there looking over the map to take point on this one i got it Soldier. what's up cadriel how's it going i'm yelling <laughs> as i'm walking towards face. there she doesn't even look up from you she look up to you she's she's still like Arms spread across the table, leaning on it, kind of looking at it. You can see past her that pearlescent white suit of armor with a uh, knightly kite shield on the back holding that large blue sword. Her armor from her fighting days. She, she continues to look at this map and she goes, Why don't you all come in here? Okay. Before we so, go in, can I make an insight check? Yeah. 
I don't know if it was just your cold, but her voice is very ominous. It's probably just my cold, but I'll I'll let you roll anyway. Okay, it's a it's a ten. Yeah, um, you can tell that there is some amount of like stress to her tone, but it's not like you're in trouble and she's mad at you. It's more like she's trying she's, to hide she, into her nefarious plans. No, she's trying <laughs> to think very hard about something. Okay, like, that's thought she was mad at us. No, 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 no. That's no. about to be like, part, bitch. Part of, that is, part of that is also coming from the fact that my cold is making it so I'm butchering her voice right now. Okay, so, you guys like, what's up? So you all, walk, you all walk in, and uh, as you all do, you kind of surround the map table in a, in a big circle, and you can see um, those same kind of glowing lines that you've seen before. Um, only now you can see there's actually been, uh, you know, before there was like a big circle around uh around stratford and and that circle is still there a big glowing circle but now there's also one that is glowing around riverton um because you all helped her discover the location of another production module so she now knows for certain where that is and uh, as you walk in um she waves a hand and the door behind you all closes <clears throat> and she says sorry for the ominous greeting. I've been thinking very hard. I've been sensing that some things have been changing. And I'm, I'm just trying to find the last pieces as quickly as possible. What do you mean by changing? It seems... I don't know. I can just tell a difference. And it seems like it started when Varro sacrificed himself. Hmm. Did you see the lady that we saw? I did. Okay. Troublesome. I don't know who that is. Is there any, like, knowledge or ancient texts that can help us with that? I've been, I've been working on that one and looking into it. I've got, I've got several seekers out there trying to gather information on that person right now. But they haven't found anything yet. Is it not divine? That's the thing. Normally, I could pick up on something like that. This isn't a mortal, but it isn't an immortal. Lesser deity, an ascended mortal, like a lich. No, no, I can I tell what that with was. those. I can tell with those. This is this is something else entirely. It's like Archfey. It's like she was there, and then she, mm -hmm. she wasn't. But at the same time, like You're I like could projections. I could see her. Maybe that could be it. But then, if there's a projection, there has to be a projector, and I can't locate that person. Troublesome. I could try scrying if we if we could do that. I don't I think scrying works across planes of existence, though. That that. That is an option. That may be that may be useful. Uh, we got the the manticore's head. Oh uh, yeah, we got the Zara. thing. Um, I assume Zara pulls out the the manticore's head. Yep. Cadriel looks at it, nods approvingly, and motions for you to put it back in your bag, and goes, "Well done. You're exceeding even my expectations. No group of individuals 
has held two of these pieces before since they were scattered. I gesture myself and say no group of individuals has had this much sexy traveling with them before, so. Ah, yes. Interesting. That, that, that would do it. That is what that is. Uh, Cadriel, you know, refresh my memory a little bit. Why are we collecting all these things? You're collecting it because the goddess of magic has requested her staff. Oh. What does she need it for? See, that's the thing. She hasn't told me, and she wants it kept private because it was locked away after the War of the Gods for fear of it endangering too many people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure why she wants it. Hmm. Why don't... Not to, not to be disrespectful of the great Zelana, like, plane of the gods, couldn't we just, you know, hop, skip, jump up the mountain and we'll sit down with her? See, it doesn't quite work like that. Uh, you don't summon the gods, they summon you. So she summoned me uh, the gods out of... Live here? Don't the gods live here, reside here? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. So where do they reside? In the the palace over there. And she points out the we window. We can't go to the palace. Right. Is it like, is it like one of those things? I can't go to the palace without being summoned. Is it like one of those things where we've got to like wait until really late at night and get like a mirror? And say her name will come a bunch of times into the mirror and then she'll appear behind <laughs> us type thing or I fear I don't know what you're referencing. I think I um, heard it one time, I don't know. One of my swords and say Zelana, Zelana, Zelana. Uh, nothing nothing happens. We so you can't go up there. Can we go up there? Or will we be like disintegrated? You'd be disintegrated, for sure, for sure. Unless, you know, you got a personal invite. And I don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. Do, we couldn't forge a God's signature, could we? You don't have to have happen to have any paperwork. That's we'll on probably side. know that it's, it's not. It's probably a, a, like a untangible type God Intangible. thing. Intangible. Okay, cool. I'm pretty sure we can't just write on a piece of paper the right way and it gets us in there. These are literal um, gods. Like, we're in the plane of the gods, of the literal gods. Do they, like, hear prayers, like, stronger in this place? Are, are you a devout prayer? I look, I look are, around. Are like, you suddenly a cleric? <laughs> I, I look around and I go, no. I, I was just wondering if we could pray and they would hear it stronger here, since we're the proximity. I don't know how the, how the whole prayer hearing and answering thing operates for them. I know they're very busy individuals with, you know, creating new worlds and maintaining order in others and, you know, fighting intergalactic wars against monsters that I am afraid of. I mean, I feel like if they, you know, if this world holds the keys to the, you know, strongest weapon of the gods, a bit more attention to this one. But, like, you know. I don't disagree with your rationale, sir, but I don't know if it'll work. A restroom? It, a restroom? Yeah, I got a piss. 
You got. <sighs> she rubs her temples. Pierce. Okay. Good job on the whole getting the artifact thing. Go back downstairs. There's a restroom down there. I've I told Cockabell to get you some things and best of luck to you in the future. I've got to keep working here. All right. Thank you. Try meditation. You know, it might relax you a little bit. <laughs> then I'll leave. The the door it's opens. Gone. Gives a mean shoulder rub. <laughs> so you all leave the beautiful Commander Cadriel behind. Uh, walk back to the magic teleporting elevator and slide back down through it to the base of the tower uh, where you all emerge. Zimner, you uh, begin walking and you see, as if magically requested, a uh, a restroom with a, a male, a female, and an other sign um, set up uh, off to your off to one side as you're walking back to 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 uh, Cockabell's desk. Uh, so Zimner, you slip into one of them. I don't know which one you're slipping into. I don't want to assume anything. Male. The male one? Okay. Zimner slips into the male one, and the uh, the other three of you, uh, are, are you going to wait for him before returning to Cockabell, or are you planning on, like... Nah, he can catch up. Okay. <clears throat> so you all walk back to, to Cockabell's desk. Um, he looks up excitedly as he sees you all approaching, and then looks a little downtrodden, and he goes, uh, Where's Zimner? Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> muted. I said he'll be there in, like, five seconds. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, Zimner, we're going to cut to you. Are you just going to the bathroom? No. No, I, I was going to ask you if I could deafen for a sec. If you could what? If I could have the others deafened for a second. Try something. I was going to go in to the, to the bathroom there. Just like sit in a stall if there is one. Like could sit. Magically appeared, so I'm going to sit on the floor assuming it's clean. Eli, your, your microphone is still on. It's whatever. So I'm you, going to. You walk into the one of the stalls and you're you're sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crisscross. Out. Um, I think I have a holy. Don't I have like a token of cogniz? Does it say from... you have one of those in your inventory? I don't remember that. Um, I don't see it. Oh, okay. So I'm just gonna I'm just going to meditate for a second, and I'm gonna say, I say cogniz, seeker of knowledge. And keeper of the mind, please hear my prayer. Make an audience with Zolana. You know something? We are on a quest for her. Agnes, you guided me as a boy. I was taught to respect you and revere you. Please don't. Don't abandon me now. Zimner, as you sit in silence after uttering these words, you you don't hear anything, but you feel a presence. You know that Cognus has heard you, but he's not saying anything back yet. Can I still feel that presence there? Yeah, you can still feel it. No, I'm not the most devout. And I'll just look up in the air, look up around me. I'm not the most devout to be, and I don't think you want me to be. I said, I know you exist. I know what you do for us. And just asking for a little something for what we've done for you. And I like bow for, I close my eyes, bow for a second, and then I stand up and walk out.
I'll have the others on deaf and we'll get back to the main group. So everybody who's hanging out out at the uh, at the front desk, you guys are hanging out for like a couple, three minutes, not an absurdly long amount of time, just for a little bit. And then Zimner comes out of the bathroom, stretches a little bit, saunters on over to you. And then uh, Cockabell sees Zimner, gets even more excited, kind of gets up out of his chair and starts flapping his wings so that he can he can he can fly his big cherub body. And he goes, Okay. It's time. Uh, Come with me. Arian's gonna like lean over to Zimner and be like, Oh, did that piss turn into a poo, buddy? Yeah, I haven't taken one like that in a while. I, I don't know. feel comfortable shitting in a dungeon. I don't either. You know what I mean? Been in a few dungeons in my day, but all of them were as comfortable as that one. Okay. So then uh, you get taken to those teleport pads again, like you have, have done before, to the that back room. And Cockabell waves at the, the, the Slayer guards that are standing there. And as you witnessed last time, they kind of just ignore him. He then inputs something on that keypad, floats on over to the, the teleportation pad that you all are standing on. And uh, you feel just a bright flash of light and a thunk. And all of a sudden you're standing in another place. He uh, opens up a gate like you guys have witnessed him do before. And you get that, that feeling that you are deep, deep underground. Uh, like the last time you were in the vault and he motions for all of you to follow him. And he approaches the, the actual main vault and opens it up as you've witnessed him do before punching in some, a keypad using an actual key to unlock it, twisting a dial, you know, the works this big vault door slides off and into the side as before. And you can see into this room that has been filled to the brim with items. It's quite a bright glowy room. <clears throat> and he enters the room and looks back at, at all of you. And he goes, I don't need to search for these things this time. I already have them prepared. And he reaches down and picks up off of a small table that's seated in there a bracer floats forward again and hands it to Arian. Then he goes back in, picks up a small ring, carries that over and hands it to Zimner. Goes back in once more, grabs just a singular arrow and brings it out, handing it to Zara. And then lastly, he goes back in, picks up a cloth sack and floats back out and hands it to Balasar. And then he turns to the group and he says, Arian, I've chosen to give you the Bracer of Storm's Revenge. Oh. <laughs> Zimner, you are receiving the Ring of the Hidden One. All right. Zara, you are being given the Arrow of Returning. And Balasar, you get a sack of diamonds. I'm now going to take a moment to send all of these things to all of you so that you can, you know, read about them real quick, like to tell your friends about them. Eli, whenever you're ready, I'll let you do the introduction of your new item first. Okay. Uh, so, Bracers of Storms Revenge. Um, so, whenever I get mutilated, I can use my reaction to cause a bolt of lightning to blast from the Bracer 
The creature has to make a dexterity saving throw, and on a failure, it takes 4d10 lightning damage, and on a success, it takes half as much. In addition, in addition while in a mutilated state, any creature that damages Aryan with a melee attack must succeed on a DC 17 saving throw or take half the damage it dealt in lightning damage. Which is going to be fun because storm sorcerers get a similar but different ability at 14th level which is uh, what it does is it's whenever I get hit I can use my reaction to uh, I deal damage to them equal to my sorcerer level um, but they have to make a strength saving throw, and if they fail, they get pushed 20 feet. Awesome. That is, that is kind of a fun Yeah, thing. so now it's like... I didn't know about that one. I, I was yeah. Like, so now when I'm mutilated, they've got to make the... I've got, they've got to make a saving throw of the, the... They always make the saving throw or take half, but they've also got to make a strength saving throw on top of that or get pushed away from me. Okay, Zimner, what you get? I got the ring of the hidden one while wearing and attuned to the small black iron. So instead of my silver ring, I can have a black iron ring, which is really cool. I can cast disguise self spell from it as an action. Uh, it doesn't require concentration. It only ends if the ring is removed from my finger. In addition, it can detect when I'm in danger or in grave peril and offers assistance. When I take damage that mutilates me, I can become invisible until the end of my turn. Till the end of my next turn, it ends early if I attack or cast a spell. Like, ah, and disappear. That's really cool. That is so... That's perfect. <laughs> it's an upgraded disguise ring. Zora. Okay, so my arrow is I still shoot it. It's not like Guardians of the Galaxy, but, I mean, in a way, it kind of is. <laughs> what was that screaming behind you? I was really hoping you couldn't hear that. That. He has three friends over. He has Clint, Jonas, and um, Cameron Lang. So, and they're all downstairs. Anyway, so basically, when I attack with it and hit my target, I can use my bonus action to speak the arrow's command word to cause it to hit, attempt to hit another enemy. And then, um, basically, the arrow will go back through the original target and deal piercing damage and then hit the second target and then it will return to my quiver but if it's stuck in that person or whatever then as a bonus action i can use the command word and it'll come back to my quiver and like go through the person and come back into my quiver (laughs) (laughs) sound effects are perfect (laughs) so uh gets done handing you all all of these items and as you're kind of admiring your new thing um that you that you get um, you watch as Cockabell suddenly kind of like goes still and his, his his eyes get kind of a vacant stare to them. And then you watch like a worried expression on his face for a second. And then he blinks like he snapped out of it, but he's still got that worried expression and he looks at the four of you and he goes, you need to get back to Strathford. And he snaps his fingers and you guys have that sensation of like being pulled down and away from this plane of existence you're back in the the beam of white light that that is taking you across the planes and when you land you land in the center of stratford and surrounding you all see dozens 
of dead and injured people. You see buildings on fire. In the distance, you can hear a little bit of fighting, but it sounds like that's mostly died out. And as you kind of like look around Town Square near this well where you guys were initially picked up by the keepers, you look look up and toward the mayor's house. The, the double doors that were part of the mayor's house, not there. It's just a massive hole in the wall. And there's a large crowd of townsfolk, most of them looking thoroughly exhausted, some of them looking hurt, but not as injured as some of the others around, all gathered around the porch of the mayor's house. And you all walk toward the crowd. You push your way through to the front and you can see lining the porch are the dead of the village. Half a dozen goblin children of the Clarks lay up there. And in the center of this whole mess, you see the mayor herself, Giselle, lying motionless, cold, and covered in blood. Her daughter, Lisi, is on her knees crying, sobbing. And as, as you're watching and looking around, taking in the scene, you notice a strange pile of rocks off to one side and several dead bodies of people you don't recognize, but you recognize what they're wearing. Robes from the cult, chaos. As you're pondering, racking your brain, trying to figure out why they would be here, why they would attack the village, you hear a shout come from behind the crowd and the crowd parts and you can see through this new parting of the seas of people three individuals carrying a plank with a body on top of it. One of the individuals, Fang Trappis, his arm in a sling. The other two, the mayor's husband, Steth, looking mortified and downtrodden. And the town cleric, the old tabaxi, old man cunning. They carry this plank up and past you all and lay it down at the foot of the steps. And the body, the body on that plank it's Leon.